Stand by to the floor in five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Greetings! 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 Welcome to The Vic Show! And there they are. The rotating lights. Simple things amuse me. Rotating lights. Mirrors. Yes. It's a big show. Of course. What else do you expect? And how are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I love to hear that. I love to hear it. There is... Um, I've been working on the set... I don't know if you can see it, but right there. No, 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 Terry, push in, push in. Come closer. Come closer. Come closer. Right there is a hole in the wall. You see the blue light shining through? Diane, please take note after the show. 931, there's a piece of tape in that future. Okay. Because it's TV. It's all mirrors and tape and electricity and knobs and buttons. Speaking of knobs and buttons, who's in the control room? I think there's a spirit of multiplication in the control room. Oh, look at that. It's people aplenty. Look at all that ingenuity and artistry. Hello, Linda and Orente and Rick and Nathan and Atala. Hello. Atala loves being on television. I can I can tell. I can tell right now. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we're just working away here at the Christian TV station and um, doing some Christian television programming and and um, doing some cross training because some people go on vacation or they go on break and so then we have people. You know how it is. Got to keep the boat floating along. The old gospel boat, it's spreading the news. And that's what we're trying to do here on The Vic Show. Spread some good news that uh, God loves you. Is that another? There are two holes. No, that's the red. I'm sorry. I won't look. I'll keep my eyes focused on you and not on the back of the set and the hole in the wall. But, um, yeah, that God loves you. Most people don't understand that or much less believe it because it's so, it's so unbelievable. We have a problem with... Love that comes with no con- uh, no condition. It comes to us before we even know what it is, and that's what is on offer through Christ, through Jesus, and it's available to all. So that's the central message. That's the good news. And in God's love is everything for life here and for the life in the age to come. The word eternity is t- typically what you hear in. When you hear people talking biblically or life of the, you know, into eternity or the eternal life. Um, but there's also a way to say life of the age to come. Or I like using the phrase God's, God's life. Eternity is evocative of a time frame without a beginning or an end. That's what eternity is. It's, there's no beginning and there's no end. 
Well, then that points to God. And that points most distinctly to Jesus, the man who is God, who was here from the beginning and will be here at the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. So, Jesus is the personification of eternity. So, when you hear the word eternal life, um, yes, that means life forever, but it means so much more than life forever. It means life here and now and life in the future with Christ. And, and the type of life is the life of God in... It's, again, it's, it's, in a, it's, a, it's you kind of start losing your words when you talk about eternal... Why am I getting so deep so quick? It's a morning show. So anyway, life of the age to come, but life of the age to come today, available today. That's on offer today in Christ. And how do you get that? Well, first you got to die to yourself. Death. And so that's what, that's what we're talking about here on the Vic Show. And, um, and all that means and implications. That's where the Lord has had me in this past season. And um, beginning around the first of the year, this it wasn't one of my New Year's resolutions to pursue death in Christ or anything of that nature. Um, but it, it kind of came to me. It kind of just through a series of circumstances and just events, none of them traumatic, but just realizations in my own heart of life and my life and the life of those around me and just the life I'm living here. And, um, and, and sensing I was discontented and frustrated and, um, and, and, had situations that I really had no control over, but situations that I was in, but I couldn't have any control. It was almost like an existential, you know, not crisis, but just, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes when you're just living your life and things are happening and, you're, and you can't directly point to one cause, there's no easy cause or effect. We like, we like knowing cause and effect because then we can, if we know the cause of something, we can start working to to, to, to receive an effect, to fix it. You know, we like to fix things. But some things you can't fix on your own. And um, you have to trust the Lord, and then that opens up a whole new avenue to go down. So that's what I was doing. And um, I was reading along in some devotional, got in the Gospels, and came to a portion in Matthew where it, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he starts talking about death, his death. And it brings the room down. And Peter, Peter doesn't know how to handle such a heavy topic. And he responds you know, off the cuff and says something very provocative. And Jesus whirls around and rebukes him. And doesn't rebuke Peter personally, but, but rebukes the spirit that was driving Peter to have this reaction the way he did. And then Jesus goes on and really lays out the first declaration of his, of, his, of his mission, which would include him being killed and him being also resurrected. But they didn't hear the, that, the resurrection part. They just heard the dying part. And then he turned to them and said, and if you want to follow me, you must also take up your cross and do the same. And folks, when, that, when I read that in Matthew... And today we're going to read another version of that from Luke. 
it really struck me because I realized that when you take up your cross, crosses only have one purpose, and that is death. That's where a cross has its true purpose, is an instrument of death. Not even really an instrument of torture. I mean, torture is, invo- <laughs> torture is involved in a crucifixion, but the fulfillment of a cross is in the dying of its victim. It was meant to kill people. And um, so when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, he's very, it's a coded message of take your instrument of death and start following me as I'm going to, and I'm going to, Jesus said, you know, shows us eventually in the, in the scriptures, he, he lives this out in real space and time before all of them. And that call is still to us, any follower of Christ. Anyone who wants to have the life, the resurrection life, that's on offer. Because all, all the death ends in resurrection. It doesn't end in death where you just stop ceasing. No, you, you're born into a new life through resurrection. And that is something that doesn't happen after you die and are buried in the ground. It can happen now, today, on this day, in this moment. And so that's what we're talking about. And so that started several weeks ago, and we're still talking about death. And not dying, but death. There's a difference. There's a distinction between dying and death. No one wants the dying experience because that's painful. That, and that is to be, you know, no one wants that because that hurts. But once you're dead, the pain is gone. Dead things have no feeling. Dead things have no resistance. Dead things are completely agreeable. Really. Furthermore, Jesus doesn't resurrect dying people. He only resurrects dead people. So the quicker you die to yourself, the quicker resurrection life can begin. That's that's the goal. That's, That's the takeaway. Resurrection life. Joy. But a different kind of life. So that's what we're going to get into. And before I proceed further, I want to give a shout out to a lady I met yesterday at the Fifth Third Bank in Altamont Springs. Um, She's the queen banker of that branch. That's what I'm calling her. Nada Roa. I promised I'd give her a shout out. Shout out to Nada Roa. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Anyway, we're doing some banking down there and uh, had a wonderful meeting with her and and, um, just sharing and talking and and getting to know a new person and um, talking about the Lord and talking about business and talking about ministry and and um, t- you know and I was with my mom and my mom you know is is a is a shameless promoter and so she was promoting the big show and um, so you know I'm not going to stop it but it is still it is somewhat embarrassing but that's what mothers do is. Um, Whatever they do, they do it because they're mothers, and that's all I'm going to say. It's all love. That's all love. That's all I'm going to say. So, Nada Roa, there's your shout out, and um, tell all your friends, family, and all that. The Vic Show, Super Channel, Tuesdays and Thursdays live. This is live. When you're seeing this right now, in this moment, it's live. But if you're seeing this and rebroadcast, 
Um, then it's not live, but it's live to tape. We tape this live, 9 a.m., Tuesday and Thursday mornings, Eastern Standard Time, Central Florida area. And then we rebroadcast at other times, 6 p.m., same days, Tuesday and Thursday night. And uh, follow The Vic Show. Follow The Vic Show on, uh, let's see here. Follow The Vic Show on um, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah. I've been getting all my war updates on TikTok, actually. <laughs> right now, the Ukraine thing is going on. And uh, it's a new way of doing warfare that I don't think Putin was really aware of. Um, you don't fight. You don't have war like you used to. Because now everything's out in the open in real time. And TikTok is blowing it up. I'm not necessarily promoting them, but I'm just saying. Hold on, as I dress myself. So. <laughs> okay, so let's see. What are we going to follow you where? That's the takeaway. Um, there's something that keeps popping up in this monitor. I don't know if it's, there's like a set of headphones. Diane, can you see that? In Terry's monitor? So um, I'll keep talking. But, um, so yeah, um, follow you where? This was, Jesus was telling his boys, his disciples, there you go, to follow, to follow him. And he told them, follow, follow me as I'm going to uh, the cross. And they're like, follow you. Where, where do you want us to follow you? Follow you into death. Okay. So let's go to Luke chapter 9. And a look at Luke's version of how he tells this account. Again, this is, uh, th is Jesus' first uh, declaring of what his true mission is, which is a mission to die. And uh, it was kind of unfolding rather quickly. And so Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, records it very similar to how Matthew records it. But there's one difference that I like in Luke's account that is, is just really um, gives it more urgency. Um, Jesus said to them, Yes, where's my, where's my, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Okay, next. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Let's go back up here to the top. Keep it here. Whoever wants to save their life. Can we get any closer to me in the screen so there's not so much room on this side? Um, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Uh, who, but whoever loses their life for me, let's read it backwards. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. To lose your life means you just let it go. You let it go. You just, you let it go. And once you let your life go, it's lost to Jesus. You don't have to work very hard to lose something. Have you ever, have you ever realized that? 
How hard have you ever tried to lose something? The, correct, the, the real answer is you've never worked hard at all to lose something. You lose something only when you realize it's lost. You don't even know you're losing it until it's already gone. Losing something is basically as a small death to something. And hopefully it's, it's in the pain of losing that you want to go and search to find it. You know, like if you've lost some money or as if maybe you lost a kid in Walmart and you're going to look for them. You didn't intend to, it just happened. But the pain is the motivator. But it, to lose means it's, it's their separation, instant separation. And that happens quickly once you decide, once you realize it's happened, it's, it's already happened to you. And Jesus says in this process is when your salvation comes, when you start to realize you've lost your life to him is when salvation starts dawning on you. Um, but for those who want to save their life, wants to save their life, this, isn't, this is assuming that you can save your life. And see, most people, in fact, all people, until they come to a knowledge of Christ and a knowledge of God's love and the reality of it, assume that if they work hard enough or if they know the right people or if they make enough money or if they do the right thing, if they work it just so, they'll be able to save their life. They'll be able to create a life of worthiness, a life that is fulfilling. They will have a life if they work it the right way. Whoever wants to. Well, we all start out wanting to create a life. That's how we're trained. Our parents tell us, go to school, study hard, get a good education, marry the right people, know the right people. Get, you know, the, I'm just, these are just basic things I'm talking about. But basically, in, especially in our culture, and much more in Jesus's culture, know the right people, say the right prayers, go to the right synagogue, do the right, you know, number of bowing and prayer and the holidays. If you do the right thing, you'll create a good life for yourself. And then God will reward you. Well, that's religion. That's man's religion. And we still struggle with that. But Jesus says, whoever wants to do it, you can work really hard, but in the end, you're going to lose it. No matter how successful you are, you're not successful enough. And Jesus goes on to tell us, God doesn't want your successes, in fact. He doesn't need for you to be successful. He needs for you to be dead. <laughs> well, that's not very sexy. That's not glamorous. Well, that's what God is drawn to, the dead. Because then he has something to work with. But he'll wait for you to die. And then he'll work with you then. But he preferred you die in life so that you can start to have resurrection life. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples. Let's go back to verse 23. Uh, Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter nine, I think. Are we, for, let's go back one page. Yeah. Then he said to them, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me." So Jesus is saying, if you want this life, every day you have to die to yourself, and this is where you start. You take up your cross, and you follow him, and just like. His cross led to his death. Your cross will lead to your death in life. It's a death in life. It's a death of our own agenda, a death of our own plans, 
a death of what we think we want to be. And yes, there's a place where God gives you a dream and you want to pursue it. But oftentimes I've found, and I've realized in my own life, that God will begin to take the dreams and passions and desires and motivations you have. And as you pursue a relationship with Him, He'll begin to reshape them in a way that you did not expect. And that can be painful. And God starts doing some homework in your life. And He starts doing some house cleaning. And He really... Very slow. Everyone has a different temperament, a different temperament in relationship with God. But he's trying to create in you something new, so that his image can shine more brightly. But to do it, he needs for you to be dead. But we don't want to be dead. We want to struggle with dying, because we still want to hold on to a little bit of ourselves. We still want to maintain our independence. We still want to. We still have the attitude of our forefathers and mothers, Adam and Eve. And we're like, God, let, let us share a little bit of your wisdom or your, the knowledge of good and evil. We can make some decisions too, you know. We have brains. And that was the beginning of the downfall. They thought they could do it because once we get a scent of knowledge in our life of being able to judge, be us being the judges of our own good and evil, it goes straight to our heads and can be ruinous. That's why God said you grow into eating from that tree. You don't take from it. The fruit comes to you in due season, but you don't take from the, the, the fatal flaw in Adam and Eve's story is they took from a tree they were not supposed to take from. We don't know if they, would, if they were always going to be prohibited from that tree. Who, some theologians, uh, Athanasius and other early church fathers, hypothesized that they would have, perhaps in the future, God had, would, would have given them access to some of the fruit from that tree. This is just a theory. But that to take something from God that is not yours is ruinous. And that was where they failed, as they took from something that they should not have grasped. They grasped for something that was prohibited. Not that it would be prohibited forever, but that it would only come to them on God's timetable, not on theirs. And we still struggle with that. So Jesus is telling us, the cure to that is taking up your cross every single day. We have to learn this lesson every day. Luke tells us. That's why I like Luke's version so well. Daily, he says, you take this up. This is not fun. <laughs> and uh, I giggle and laugh because it's I get nervous talking about this because it's this is not you know this is not something you want to talk about because it's it's a hard it's a heavy message. But. For me, and I'll just speak for Victor, this is, the, this is a message that's really reshaping where I'm at now. And I think this is, again, Victor's view, that we're in a real season of time in world history, in our lifetime. I can't speak for my grandparents. I can't speak for people who were born after me. But in our lifetime, for all of us listening at this moment, there are things going on in the world around us now that are unprecedented. I mean, world leaders are saying, talking about the nuclear. I mean, you know, so that word, that's, I'm like, folks, this is, it's, it's strange. It's surreal. 
And I don't have much comment on that except just my own opinion, but we're living in different times, times even different than it was two, three weeks ago. And we don't know how things are going to pan out. And people have speculation. And, uh, but my hope for Victor, and, and I want, I'll relay this to you and take, it, take what you want. My hope is truly in the words of Christ and the life he modeled for us and the life he gives us in his spirit. And where we don't have to be consumed with the threat of a nuclear attack. We don't have to be consumed with what's going to happen in Europe and Asia and the impact it will have on the world. Things are going to be impacted. America is already impacted. Our lives are already impacted. There's great distress in the land. People are worried. People are anxious. It's very real. But the hope of Christ and the only hope in the world is the message of the gospel. That there is resurrection life after pain. It will be painful on different degrees for different people. But for those in Christ, there is always the absolute hope of a resurrected life in this life. Not only in the life to come, the life after death, the life of eternity, the life of God, the life in the age to come. All those things that we really can't put our hands on, but that in this life, the life we're living today, the day this is being produced, there is hope of resurrection life. Let's go to, um, that's attainable. Let's go to Philippians. I want to read a little bit of word to you just to give you more encouragement. This comes from the Apostle Paul, the great writer of most of the New Testament. And in every letter he wrote, he talks, he mentions this theme of death and resurrection, death and resurrection. Death and resurrection have to go hand in hand. We love to focus on death. We love to focus on dark things. We love to focus on the negative. We love to focus on bad news because that's the human tendency. It feeds something in us to focus on things that are worse than us. That's why we like to look at car accidents on the interstate. And, And we're like, ooh, but we're drawn to it for some reason. But it's the good things we have to remind ourselves about. And the greatest, good, the greatest good is in God. And psychologists say, if you want to really start changing your mood, find a good thing, like a beautiful cloud. I love to do this. We have great clouds in Central Florida. And look at it and for 15 seconds. Focus on the goodness of that thing. It takes your mind physiologically 15 seconds to register in your brain. Whereas a bad, th- a bad thing can hit instantly and affect your mood instantly. Why? I don't know. So we have to be intentional about focusing on God. And you're like, Victor, you're holding up a cross. and Right. But this leads, this was the seed planted in the ground. And then in three days, it rose to new life. As a message to us that this is the trajectory. This is where you start. You die to yourself. So that your true self in God can grow. So Philippians tells us, I want to, I love this. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. That's the Holy Spirit. The power of his resurrection is Holy Spirit. And participation in his sufferings. You're already suffering. Give them to Jesus. Becoming like him in his death. Dying to your sufferings. Because once you're dead to your sufferings, you don't feel the pain. And so somehow... 
Even Paul couldn't tell us. Somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. What, let's, we have time for the other one. Verse 11, not that I have already obtained it or have already arrived at my goal. He's speaking for all of us. But I press on and you press on too and take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Jesus already has hold of you. Stop fighting him. Die. So you can come to resurrection life in him. And with God, everything, even that is possible. Bye. Bye.